Hey guys, you probably noticed that we were away from the mics for two weeks. We did a huge amount of planning, organized some guest interviews, but we also moved the podcast across to Anchor. Now, Anchor is a fantastic new platform that supports podcasters. And one of the reasons we moved across is it allows us to better engage with you guys, our listeners. Go ahead and download the Anchor app, find the Startup Diary podcast. It's the best way to send in a listener question. So that's my ask for you right now at the top of the show. Go download the Anchor app and submit your listener question in through the podcast so we'll be able to hear your voice on the show and me and Harry can get into answering it for you. On that note, today's show is a listener question about how do you sell a product that does not exist? Let's get straight into it. So Adam, we have a listener question today, this time from Stu, and I'm just gonna read the email out and then we can just dive into it. Good morning, Harrison and Adam. Just add that in there. (laughs) Uh, Big fan of the show and have been since the start. Loving the consistency in August. Always look forward to a new episode and it's you guys who have motivated me to get where I am now. Started listening at episode three, quitting your job in a startup looking to launch. Bit of advice and your opinion, please. Our company, Payware, are ready to launch a MasterCard-endorsed prepaid wristband used for contactless payments to start with, but then can be used for access controls to events, offices, etc. I have attached my fundraising deck for some background. Our problem is that we have no money to launch. We cannot bootstrap as we need about 130K to get this off the ground, and the three founders do not have 130K between us. We are currently talking to a number of investors to get further interest, letters of intent from future customers, etc. would be great to attract investors. My question to you guys is, how would you go about selling a product that does not physically exist, in essence, selling the concept to potential future customers? I have my ideas, but would love to hear what you think and how you would go about it. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work with the podcast. Without it, my dog's walks would not be the same. Cheers, Stuart. Stu, firstly, huge appreciation for sending the question. And as well as just all the context that you sent in with that. And what I want to do on the show, Harry, if you agree, is sort of not just take it directly just for payware, but there's this bigger concept right now, which is how do I get a product to market before it even exists? I think that's the sort of thing that when people listen to this, that's the the underlying message that people can relate to. And I'll be really honest, when this first came in, I was like, what do you need the money for? So I opened up his pitch deck and went through it. Mm-hmm. And if it was like purely just for like inflated salaries and bits like that, I, w- I would have just ignored it and not even bothered. Uh, but going through the deck, like Stu, fair play, you're keeping stuff super lean and this is more on products and getting it to market. So right now, I think there's loads of opportunities for companies to pre-validate a product. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually just going to throw this back weirdly to Sarah right now because Sarah was on the Gymshark day. Yep. And Sarah's had this idea of wanting to do her own type of clothing range. Um, so it's it's called Queen and... I'm going to plug it. It's called Queen and Princes. It's not available yet, but it's called Queen and Princes. And it's old school tees for modern mums. That's her thing. And then she sort of put together an initial stock order. She got designs and all that good stuff. And then she was like, oh my God, that's expensive because she needs so many SKUs and so mm-hmm. many variants. And it's yeah. like, holy crap, you're going to be spending like three, four, five grand on an initial stock order. And I was like, how do you know this is even going to sell? So I think coming back to Stu's question, it's one, it's not just about how do you sort of pre-sell a product. 
It's like, how do you actually use validation to then pre-sell a product for me? I don't know what Stu has done to date to validate that. But I think what Sarah's done is really interesting in terms of how she's used Instagram and, and all that good stuff. And I think it'd be worth bringing her on the show to talk about mm-hmm. that. But if you look at something like, this is an interesting platform for me. And my question on this one is, is this the sort of thing that you can take to services like Kickstarter? Like what's your, just out of curiosity, what's your views of Kickstarter as a platform? Have you ever used it? I know, I've never used it, no. Um, I feel that the platform seems to have a lot of products on there that never result to much or there's no as from this is probably going way back they've probably changed a lot of the t's and c's now but as far as i was aware things can not be made basically so he, that you could get all the funding or or whatever there was no real accountability yeah yeah there's no there's no accountability for whoever's saying hey i've got this idea if you fund it we'll make it they could say okay we've got the money mm, actually we're not going to make it now so um so you've personally just never, I've never used it and probably for the same reasons it is, I'm just impatient. But the yeah. idea for anyone that's listening, and this is one of the things that want to tap into the show, is an example for a product or a brand. One thing that does really well on there, because I'm actually looking, the reason I mentioned Kickstarter is I'm actually looking for a new bag right now, tech bag, mine's falling apart. <laughs> and I thought, this is a really cool bag and I realized it's not going to ship for like 18 months. <laughs> yeah. This is useless and for that, me right that's now. That's if they hit the dates on time. Exactly. But if you look at something like Kickstarter, a majority of the time that Kickstarter is used it's when someone has an idea and has either like mock-ups or a prototype and they put that project onto kickstarter and says hey here's what i want to build in the world it's a new pair of jeans it's a backpack it's a new payment technology whatever it is and they basically sell the product before it's actually made Mm -hmm. and the difference between this and other platforms that we'll get into as well it's there's no equity for this it's not hey i need to raise fifty thousand quid it's not 50,000 quid and I have to give away half my business. It's 50,000 quid and if you invest 100 quid, you get two of my widgets. If you invest 10,000 quid, you get five of my widgets, a dinner with me and your name on the website. You yeah, basically- you, you kind of pre-sell the product uh, and if you're willing to pay a bit more than what the RRP is going to be on the product, you get extra like founder um, materials. Uh, something to say, hey, I was there before it was made and I've helped build this product sort of thing. Completely. Feel good factors. And I, I think one of the things <clears throat> that something like Kickstarter as a platform is really solid for. So if you listen to this and you've got the idea for a physical product, it works well for physical products predominantly. I'm not actually sure if, and this is lack of knowledge, I think it has to be a physical product actually to get onto Kickstarter. Something that gets Surely. something that gets shipped. Surely. In terms of not just a tech, like it can't be like a software as a service. I'm pretty confident. I don't think I've ever seen, again, I'm not on the platform every day anyway, but every product that I can ever think about that's ever been on Kickstarter has been a physical Something thing. that gets shipped. Yeah. So if you listen to this and you've got a product that you want to make and one, it's a great way to validate your idea. Let's mm. put it up onto Kickstarter and don't ever confuse yourself. It's not a put up, like if we build it, they will come sort yeah. of mentality. If you put it on Kickstarter, you've still got to do all the legwork of marketing it. Yeah, you've got to get, you've got to get it in front of everyone. You've got, to, you've got to build the demand. Even It just happens to be on a platform where you can yes. sell the thing that's not major and and the thing is for me on something like that and it's not to go too much off a tangent but if you do go down the kickstarter route what you actually want to do is build up a little bit of demand before you mm. get onto the platform because what people want to see is like it's already been validated by other people and then other people get this fomo fear mm. of missing out so hold on this thing's already 43 percent funded what is it and then the intrigue starts sort of attitude yeah no one backs anything that's got 
no backers <laughs> no simple thing no one wants to be the first person there must be a reason why there's no one backing there's someone smarter than me is not backing this and I don't mm. know why no one wants to be the first person to a party we always want to wait <laughs> want to wait, get it a bit unless you first. are the party and then you don't need anyone else wow man I thought I had an ego <laughs> So that's Kickstarter as a platform and I think it's a great way if you've got a product business because it allows you to pre-sell something before you actually go and manufacture it. And the idea of that is if you've got large manufacturing costs, if you've got initial stock orders, if there's some large barrier to entry, I think that's a great platform and it will really help you validate what you've got. You can oversubscribe, you can raise a lot of money. The key thing on this is just make sure that whatever you put on Kickstarter that you can actually deliver on mm. because it's your name and reputation on the line. As in, if you put it on there and you don't deliver, one, you won't get back on the platform, and two, all it takes is a simple Google search to find out, actually. Hold on. I put your name to Google, and I found 1,700 angry comments for a Kickstarter you did three years ago that didn't get fulfilled. What happened there? Just think about your reputation with stuff like this. It's super important. Just jumping straight into Stu's question around payware. This feels like a really technical product, and I've gone through the deck, and to be honest, I think Stu's a smarter guy than me because I don't understand mm. half the stuff that's in that deck. So it's obviously pitched at very specific financial institutional investors that would get this. But I think as an overarching thing is Stu's got a product that's in, endorsed by MasterCard. And regardless of what you do, if this is a B2B product and you're trying to get it built, go into your potential target customers and go and speak to them. Mm. Because one, if they're really interested, they'll help you fund it. And that sounds really odd. Yeah, so I, I was gonna I was gonna say that um, Stu's situation is slightly different because he can't. I, I think the Kickstarter style market's not really suited for this sort of product. It's Agree. A more business to business, but like you say, there's no reason why you still can't pre-validate in the same manner, but by choosing businesses to back you and put some money towards it. Completely, and and the way that looks like is very simple. It's going to take a lot of. A lot, a lot of time from Stu picking up the phone and speaking to people. Let's just say that one of his use cases is you don't have to carry cash around a festival. You've got this, you've yeah. got this band. So Stu, what I do right now is get a list, go to upwork.com, pay someone to find me a list on the internet of every single event and festival that runs in the UK. I would then pick up the phone to every single event organizer and say, hey, listen, I'm building this thing. Send them a deck that's organized around events and say, this is what I'm building. I'm going to build it. We are going to build it. It's going to be in the market in the next 12 to 18 months. I'm looking for my first 10 customers. The normal price for someone like you that has, and I've estimated from your website, from your football, from your marketing, that you get 3,500 people come through your festival every single time you run it. The normal price for you, Mr. Event Organizer, would be 25 grand. For you, as one of our first 10 customers, I'm going to open up the opportunity and one, give you a discount. But two, I'm going to invite you into a focus group. I'm going to connect you with nine other event organizers, our other nine customers. Mm. I'm going to put you in a room every quarter. We're going to have a meal. And we're going to spend three hours working out what can we do to make this product even better for your space. I have very limited spaces on this. Are you in? I'm in. You're in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. Uh, sounds that, great. <laughs> that is exactly what I'd do because you're doing two things. One, you're validating the product. Mm -hmm. And there'll be enough event organizers on that list that you can get used to what your pitch is. No, Stu, I'm not in. Thanks very much. Great. Listen, you give me the time to say no. Give me another three minutes to tell me why. And listen, because you're not in, fine. But when I get this to market, I'm going to follow up because one of the hesitations might be the fact it's not ready yet. And I get that. There's a bit of risk there. So if we took that off the table, what is it that you don't like about the product? Cool. You've got three minutes of your exact target customer to say, 
we've tried something like this before. This doesn't work for this reason. Actually, you cut into my own margin. So then the next call is 10 times more successful because you take those rebuttals back and put them into the next call and then tweak your product. That is exactly what I'd be doing. I'd actually, with something like so, I think he's got a benefit that he's actually got something that he can pre-sell and not give up equity if he does this right. So to make this relatable to everyone who's listening to the show, one, you've got a platform like Kickstarter, cool. Then you've got platforms like Crowdcube and Cedars if you want to get a product to market, but you don't have the finances, you can let everyone invest from like 10 pounds upwards. If you are very new and very early and you don't have a community already, you will struggle to get those things to work. He's got B2B. Go and speak to your potential customers, give them an offer, give them an incentive, and then give them extra value on top. And I think if you can't get yeses from those people, there is actually a fundamental flaw in the product you're offering. But having those conversations will give you all the insight that you need. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's kind of what I was just going to... It took me a while to get there yeah. because I haven't read this when you did the email. You sent it across <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, we're doing that question today. So like the cogs went and then I finally got it. Boom. That's what you do. Yeah, I think if he's... Um, it's like you say, the, the best thing he can do is speak to people discuss the product with them and even if they're saying no if you can find out why they're saying no and if it's if it is just that they've not got budget or something then fine but the likelihood is that you do get so much insight whether someone says yes or someone says no everyone's got issues or feedback to give you the value of making the calls will be but yeah invaluable what you've just said (laughs) about not having budget is never an answer there's always something behind that i don't have budget what cool so you don't have budget but what if this thing actually saves you money in this area of the business surely that opens up budget in another area so let's really get into the weeds of it harry let me work out before your mic breaks <laughs> in case anyone listened to that it went all creaky like no budget is never an answer it's the easiest thing that internal people are taught to say when they want to get someone off the phone cool you've got no budget harry not a problem let's just say you do have budget just talk to me about how you'd use this product and where you get value Mm. okay okay let me 10 minutes cool another problem well i'd use it at this and it would actually probably oh so it reduces security costs because people aren't carrying cash so you could actually reduce the amount of people that come to the festival mm. of security like how much do you spend on security oh man it's a massive line item it's like 40k every festival i'm only asking for 10k so if we actually reduced your security bill by 25 percent, this thing's free ah yeah it's free how, okay cool can i come and see you it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer What's your long card number? Security number on the back. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the sort of things, Stu, that you need to be doing. Go pre-sell the product. Don't take no budget for an answer and dig in and work out where you're actually... What you've got is a cool product. Cool products don't sell. Value that a cool product creates sells. Go find the value. Cool. Um, I feel like I was going to wrap... I was going to bring something up then. Um, yeah, so he's going to get this great... It, information from these phone calls though should he be doing this before he's in front of like investors Um, fuck the investors man you don't need them this is coming from a guy that literally (gasps) today is in a room pitching his business i'm on a different path to do it makes sense for me i don't think it makes sense for him right now he needs 130,000 quid he needs 10 customers to give him 13,000 pounds each that's it that's That's a lot of money but he needs 10 or he needs 20 customers give him six and a half cage Or he needs 100 customers to give him 1,300 pounds each, whatever the number is. And there's a, there's a best of both worlds here. If he manages to go out and three clients say, actually, still, I believe in you. This is going to save me money on my security bill. I'm in. And he only gets three and he gets 40K. 
the pitch that Stu can give when he goes and speaks to VCs or angels or anyone that says, here's what I want to build. And it saves money in these areas on security bills. And we've proven it. And they go, how? And you go, well, I've got 40,000 quid set on my bank from people before the product's even built because it's that much of a need. Are you guys in or am I going to my next meeting? Uh, that's what it will arm Stu to go and do. Strong. <laughs> Full of We beans. are back in Full force now, beans. Harry. I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Hopefully, Stu, that answers your question. And guys, if you do have another question, you can email it into the show at questions at startupdiary.club. That's questions at startupdiary.club. And on the top of the show, we opened up with Anchor. Go and download the Anchor app. If you want to submit an audio question in, we want to hear you heard on the show on Monday, 235, Dan Bridges opened up with, where's this podcast going? If you haven't listened to that, go and listen to it because that's how good an audio question sounds. Guys, fire on your questions. Me and Harry are back in full force. Thank you for all of your support. We will see you on Friday where we recap what's been going on here at Expert Trades. And remember guys, what do we always say? Take action or unsubscribe. Unsubscribe.